Hi, my name is Sarah Jane and welcome to the Ignite Your Possibility podcast where we discover all things possible, health, mindset, spirituality, self-love and authenticity. The purpose of this podcast is to step out of your realm of what you think you know into your new possibility to achieve your dream life that you love. Hi, my name is Sarah Dane, and today I'm super excited to have Marco here with me talking all things awesome. So Marco is a health and transformation coach, author, speaker, and entrepreneur. He has personally involved himself with every aspect of health and transformation, exploring everything from ancient scriptures and cultures to modern science and research looking at what's most effective and integrating those elements into his work. Today, he offers online programs, one-on-one coaching, live workshops, and deep dive immersions. Amazing stuff. That is incredible. Welcome today. How are you? Thank you, Sarah. I'm doing amazing. How are you? Amazing too. That's what happens when you get on the good health. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. So I just want to start with um, telling a bit about your story and how you came to where you are today. So mm-hmm. if you want to take that away. Sure. Um, yeah, it's been a journey of quite a few years. I guess uh, for me, it really started straight out of high school. So that's going back you know, some time now um, where I realized that um, I kind of did all this stuff to try and make my parents and what I was told to believe would make me happy around like getting good grades and all that kind of stuff. But deep down, I always loved exercise and sports and um, like my adventurous spirit got to express itself in that way at the time. Um, so at the end of that experience in high school, I kind of realized I was really upset. And then my parents were really upset at the time because I didn't get the results that they wanted. And I thought this didn't make anyone happy. So that had me reflect and realize that, you know what, um, I can't make other, other people happy. Like that's beyond my control. But what I can do is I can control myself and how I'm experiencing life and do the things that make me happy. So then I started down a, a route of personal training, um, which I did for quite a few few years. And then slowly over the years, um, developed more of a holistic practice with the work I've been doing with clients, um, studying everything from digestive health and you know, enzyme activity in the body through to Chinese and Amazonian herbalism and you know all the beauty of what ancient cultures have that we can learn right there that can support us in a good way. And now most recently, um, my fascination has been around sound because so many of these ancient cultures also used sound as a means of transformation and and healing. So that's kind of where we're at today. And the journey for me as I've been exploring all of these is getting to know myself a lot better through the experience, Um, getting more spiritually in touch with myself. And as a result, like that affects everything, right? Like, Mm-hmm. The more spiritually in touch with it, we are with ourselves, the more awareness we have around our mental state, around our emotional state, and around our physical state. So that's what, what it's all about for me, like having a beautiful experience day in and day out and like tapping into other things that you saw on Instagram or like things that were making other people happy that you thought would give you the same experience. So you can slowly check those off and be like, ah, you know, that was cool, but it didn't really make me that happy. And then you'll get clear on what, what are the few things that really do make you happy. And usually for most people I see there's a pattern of about three or four things. Um, and you know, Dr. Dean, I think he speaks about it a lot. It's the things that like, we're always willing to speak about that inspire us. 
they're the things that we're always willing to spend money on and even find money that we don't have to spend on because like we value them that much. But getting clear on those values is a journey. Um, it can happen fast for some people and for others it can take a bit of time and either way is fine. But I just start taking those small steps, get the list sorted and then just start checking it off. And then um, the, once you get that clarity and you have those three or four things, then I'd start doing them as often as I can and see how life begins to change, right? And then you might find like one or two of them is like an absolute must every single day. And then you'll find the other ones are kind of like, you know, they're not an absolute must every single day, but if you don't express them for too long a period of time, then you feel like you're slipping away a little bit from um, that really beautiful place. So that's how I do it. And then I just stay reminded that like as life goes on, and as you gain a certain level of mastery in an area of life, um, like those values will change. Yeah. Or the values might stay the same, but the expression of them will change. Right? Yeah. So if I was to share a personal experience, like I'm fascinated with health. And so seven, eight years ago, that looked like bodybuilding, fitness modeling, you know, endless hours in, in the gym. And that really cultivated a, a, strong, a strong mindset. Um, you know, I got to work on my body in a really good way. And that served me at the time. And you fast forward to now and like I just finished recording an album and I'm playing like all these different instruments. And if you look at those, so they look like totally different things, right? You could say that they're not related at all. But when I look at my values, my value is health and um, the effects of sound on health are phenomenal. So my fascination with exploring this stuff and writing music um, comes from that place. So I'm still getting to fulfill my values of health, but the expression has changed drastically. And had I stayed held up on you know, the gym and all of that, then I would have missed all the miracles that I'm un uncovering over here. So mm. just that gentle reminder that you know, the expression will, will change over time and to be flexible with that and to stay connected to where the inspiration is and where, you know, like, where's that activation that has us feel super alive when we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely um, relate to that. I was listening to this podcast and it was like, if your brain is in, is not in surrender of like, sometimes we have a certain picture of ways things should go. But I think if you really just uh, write down like what you're passionate about, like you said, what you get excited about and follow that, but don't have a certain plan of the way things should go. And that's like, something that I really have struggled with is like, oh, it should look like this. It shouldn't look like that. But then you're in argument with yourself and you can't allow new information in. So when your brain is in surrender, you can actually absorb more information and um, new opportunities come up. Because I don't know if you knew that, like when you're in the bodybuilding, you weren't like, yeah, I'm going to be like playing didgeridoos <laughs> and doing sound meditation, you know? So it's allowing yourself to receive what you need to see as well without yeah. being uh, attached to the outcome of how it should look. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, that can be a challenging one for us in the West, especially because we build our identity around these things. And then, you know, when we give something like, you know, to keep going with that example, like the bodybuilding and all of that away, well, then what does that mean about me as a person and who am I? That becomes, becomes a question. And, mm -hmm. Um, you know, you can spin that one around in cycles forever and still not come to an answer because you're always changing. And that's why there's so much value in understanding your values and just staying true to them 
and ensuring that that always feels good. And then the expression, like you said, stay flexible with so that you can allow new information, new experiences in and continue to grow and evolve. Because for me, that's the nature of human potential. Like if, if there's not change, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, like in nature, things are either growing or they're dying. Mm. Right. There's no in between of they've hit perfection and they're standing still. Yeah. Right. You're either green and growing or you're ripe and rotting. Yep. And that is like a daily um, meditation that I use for quite some time to get really connected to, okay, cool. Like how am I expressing myself today? Am I going backwards or am I actually growing and doing things that are stretching me and allowing me to express myself in new ways? That's such a good analogy because even if nature is dying, that is growth as well. So we might be leaving something behind. We might be starting a new path. So yeah, that's awesome. I've yeah. thought of it like that. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And oh, I want to touch on food and how food affects our energy levels. Mm. And I haven't done much research about how the sunlight affects us and our food. So, yeah, I'd like to go into that and hear what you've got to say about that. <laughs> sure. So, uh, yeah, this has been an ongoing study for some time now. And what I, what I love about food when I started to like really get into it. So I did, um, I was studying exercise science and nutrition for a while. And back in, in the earlier days when I was going through my personal training and stuff, that was a big focus. But then the way it was being presented to me as a science was interesting because you get to really dive, dive down and like understand, you know, the chemical makeup of food and all that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, out of my own curiosity, I was exploring like, well, how did ancient cultures relate to this stuff? Because they didn't have modern day science. They had a different understanding. And um, for them, they like essentially how I map it out today without making it too complicated is that um, like we, we feed off information, right? At, 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 at the very top level, we feed off information and the sunlight is a direct source of information. So when you go out and you put your solar panels, your skin out in the sunlight and you soak all of that in, you feel nourished, right? Like you can spend hours out at the beach and not eat and just have a bit of water and kind of feel full, right? Like you don't get that hunger that you'd get if you're in an office for the same amount of time. And it's because your body's feeding directly off that sunlight. Um, and then what happens with the plants is they're essentially like through photosynthesis, they're just cap capturing a certain concentration of that sunlight and expressing it as a blueberry, as a peach as a celery stalk, right? Because like that's the plant's understanding, that's the plant's capacity to express itself. It receives all of that and then it goes, cool, this is how I'm going to express myself, celery, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And then when we eat that, we're just getting that concentrated um, like um, capturing of sunlight that's taking place through the plant. And the beauty of it is like if you're, if you're into your chakras and all of that, they all follow the rainbow spectrum, which is the full spectrum of light that we get in, in all plant life, right? When you look at the fruits and the vegetables, they come in the full spectrum of the rainbow. And each one of those corresponds to a certain positive and negative emotion and a positive mental state that it can bring, bring about, right? And a, and a certain kind of experience. So like yellow and orange, it is for joy and happiness, right? You try eating a lot of yellow orange food for a period of time, and you'll naturally start to experience more joy and happiness in your life, right? Mm. Um, 
And so that was beautiful about food. But then um, what, what gets really interesting is that like when you begin to create that intimate relationship with food and actually understand that it's as alive as we are. And well, it's actually more alive than we are, right? We eat this stuff so that it can bring more life into us. And if it's captured information, um, what's really valuable to start to pay attention to is what happens when we start to like use genetically modified organisms in our food and all that kind of stuff. And then what does that do to the body? Mm. And I just recently shared a post last week um, about some contrasts between like an organic avocado and um, a genetically modified avocado. And they use what's called the Siana method for taking a look at um, the cellular structure of these plants and what's going on. And you look at the organic one and it looks beautiful. Like you can always see the whole tree and like everything expressed in the cells. Yeah. It looks like this amazing map and this amazing piece of art. Yeah. And then you look at the genetically modified one and it looks kind of scattered and kind of messy and all of that. And all that's showing us is that's what's going on at a cellular level. Yeah. So when you eat that stuff, that's what it's feeding to your cells. And like the visual representation of that is just a really clear wake up call. It's like, Hey, what are you actually doing to your body? Yeah. And then, you know, what happens with, you know, like some genetically modified foods that they use are created to be infertile. So what happens when you eat foods that have been created to be infertile over a long enough period of time? And like, you can just do some Google searching and take a look at like the drop of fertility rates in, in women and men and this, the time when like these foods started to come about and you can make your own mind up about that. But yeah, it's really important from the way I, I understand it to stay connected to that and to realize that there's so much value in having re really good food, really clean food, um, like grow your own if you can. Um, and if you can't, at least go organic as a default because like you'll have many happy, long, loving years as a result. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool about the chakra systems as well. Yeah, getting more in touch with our food. Sure. Um, and what's your – so I always like talking about in the Western world, we always wait till we're sick and then we're looking at disease. Whereas I love taking like, I have reishi mushroom tea, goji berries in my smoothies, superfoods, cool. super herbs, all this sort of stuff. And how can we, what's your journey been with those sort of superfoods and other plants and herbs in your health journey? How do you incorporate that? Sure. Well, that's where herbalism was, was like a really big study and still is for me in that like in the, in the West, we kind of wait till things are really bad and then we do something and really bad, literally being like the doctor telling you, Hey, if you don't do something, you're probably on the way out. And then when I, when I started to look at herbalism for them, like that, that wasn't even the frame that they were op operating from for them. It was more like I'm out in, in like the wilderness in nature. There's, you know, bears and like, you know, all, all these wild creatures out here. And how can I be the most agile, the most effective in expressing my own body? So that like if I do come, come against like these kinds of challenges or, you know, like there's work to be done in that way, I, like they're, they're making sure that their bodies are always primed and always ready so that when, when they need, need to get to work and do something and hunt or whatever, they can do it. And then when they need to rest, they can rest. And herbs like Rishi mm -hmm. that you mentioned, is, it falls under the category of what's called adaptogenics or adaptogens. 
And what that means is they have the ability to like adapt within the body and su- support the body in different ways, as opposed to something like garlic, for example, which that just burns, right? Like you have garlic and it just burns th- through things. And it's great in the right application, but you can over- overdo it with garlic yeah. because it doesn't adapt. It just keeps burning. So you can end up b- burning yourself in you know, uh, like a bit of a harmful way. Whereas with, with reishi and stuff, because it's adap- adaptogenic, um, it doesn't work like that. It hits the body and it literally starts to have a dialogue and it goes, cool, what's going on? Where can we help out? And then it starts to work with the body with that level of intelligence. And then, you know, what you got to consider is like, this isn't an overnight like pill that just solves everything. Mm. But if you're using that intelligence of the plant for one year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, what happens to your ability to navigate through life in a really fluid way, right? What happens when you drink really clean, pure, like high vibration spring water for 10 years? And what does that teach your body about how to navigate with emotions and navigate through certain experiences? And for me, like it's really clear because I started this journey about 10 years ago. And when I started it, I was lashing out at my parents because I couldn't deal with my emotions and, and like my loved ones. and like I knew that wasn't cool, but I just didn't know how to deal with it. Like I didn't have the capacity and the resourcefulness within myself. And around that time, I started on spring water. I started with the herbs, um, and I started using all that stuff in a good way as a, a daily medicine. Not because I need it, but because I choose to stay as like functioning as optimally as I can. And over time, what's that taught taught me? Like so much um, from how to deal with my emotions and how to stay connected within myself. And with nature, and then through to like more recently, this journey of music. Um, like I've only been playing the guitar and singing for the last six, seven months, and we're already at the stage where we're recording an album. And had you had someone said that to me, like even two years ago, I would have thought you're crazy. But yeah. learning something like that so rapidly, what it comes down to is how fluid is this thing in here, so it can open itself up to new information and learn in a good way. Yeah. And for me, that's what, that's what life's about. There's no right, right or wrong, so to speak. It's more so just about life is always giving us feedback. And if there's a feedback that we get that upsets us or um, puts us in not, not such a good place, then like the internal reflection that I'm looking at is like, where can I be more fluid? How can I navigate with this better? And how can I experience more ease, grace, joy, and happiness in my life? Because to me, that's tapping into your own potential. That's recognizing that you can be as fluid as the water. It's actually funny. I've got Bruce Lee right behind me. And there, there was that quote of his. Um, you can see him right there. Oh, yeah. um, and he was a big idol for me growing up. And you know, he had that quote of, you put water into a cup, it becomes a cup. You put it into a teapot, it becomes a teapot. And that's mm-hmm. speaking to the fluid nature that, of, of water and what it's teaching us. And like, we can learn all of that um, through the herbs, through really good water, through really clean organic food. And you know, over 5, 10, 15, 20 years, like the changes are phenomenal. But they happen, you know, in the short term as well. But just, you know, everyone's different and everyone's body and system and how we're digesting and absorbing food, like all of that comes into play. So, um, you know, the impacts will be different for everyone as they work with them. But they're there and they're allies. And the way I look at it is if I have something yeah. there that can support I definitely- me, why not use it in a good way? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my journey really started at 
looking at the backs of packets, like what is actually in food. And then I went to organic and then um, I learned about the spring water, like the amount of uh, crap in the tap water, like fluoride and uh, chemical runoff and pesticides, herbicides, hormones, all this sort of stuff. And I thought... Oh, spring water, I wouldn't taste different than the tap water. And then I tried spring water for two weeks, tried going back to tap water and tasted horrible. I was like, I don't even know how I'm doing this. So that was the change for me. But then I guess like you just get a curious mind to ask more questions when you start, I guess, questioning things. Like why are there these sort of things in the waterways and all that? And then I started... I don't know what the Japanese guy is that talks about the cellular structure of water, but he talks about the the way that the water communicates with our cells and then the way that you're talking to your body because we're 80% water. So he did an experiment where he put rice in one container and another container and he told this container every day, I love you, I cherish you, like really sending this rice love and, um, you know, affirmations of love and stuff. And then I told the other rice, oh, I hate you, you know, how we, how sometimes we talk to ourselves, like we talk to ourselves down, like we're not good enough, we don't believe in ourselves and start talking to the rice like that. And then the rice that was hated on actually went moldy and green and grew all this fungi. And then the rice that we loved was just white and beautiful. And I think that's a metaphor for the water in our bodies and in ourselves. It's like if we're constantly sending our body hate or negative energy, how does that manifest as disease and illness? So it's funny how all this stuff is kind of intertwined into spirituality when you start looking at like the cellular structure of foods and the way that we talk to ourselves, mindset, all that sort of stuff. So do you have anything to say about like more of a cellular structure about water? Yeah, well, I mean, Masaru Emoto, like you spoke about, he did some fascinating work in showing us the visual representation of what happens when we treat water in that way. And, you know, what's fascinating to me is like when I go and speak and, you know, sometimes in front of quite a number of people, like, you know, 100, 200 people. And I always, out of curiosity, I'll quiz the crowd and I'll say, how many of you are familiar with the water experiment that Masaru Emoto did? And, you know, a certain number will raise their hands and it's quite popular now. So quite a few people know about it. So, you know, um, at times you get 50, 60% of the room raises their hand. And then the next question I ask is, how many of you are aware of what you're thinking about when you drink the water? And most of the hands drop. Mm. And that's fascinating to me because like it's been shown to us the difference, right? And we know that we can do better. And, but I think what um, escapes us in the West is that we think that sometimes if we're not paying top dollar for something, then, um, you know, it's not going to have a certain benefit. And what I want to speak to right there is like, we've got the information right there. Masaru Emoto laid it out really clear that if you think with good and pray with good intentions when, when you're using water, it'll ha- have that effect on you. 
And so I want to put that encouragement forward that every time you take a sip, like try catch yourself and what you're thinking about and be aware of it and think about the things that you want to create for yourself. Think about how you want to experience life because like you don't even have to be aware of it, but your cells are. And if you're, if you're drinking from like a stressed and anxious space and like you're thinking about a thousand things to do and you're almost panting because you haven't caught your breath for the last four days because you've been so busy and that's how you, that's what you're drinking. That's the energy that you're putting in. Well, then you're just going to create more of that. Right. Mm. But so for me, the water is a constant reminder that when I pick up that glass or that bottle, as still as the water is in the glass and the bottle, that's what I bring myself to. And then I get really clear on what do I want to, what do I want to bring into my body? And I won't allow myself to, to drink water unless I'm really clear on that because like, otherwise, for, for, for me, like life's journey is about becoming more and more masterful with how we navigate, right? And get, gaining finer subtleties so that we can navigate with more ease and grace. And that's why I won't allow myself to drink unless I'm really clear because I don't want to be drinking nonsense. Like it has to be really clear and it has to make sense to me and be in a good way like that because then my cells get, get, get to use all of that information. Mm-hmm. so awesome. that's that's my encouragement around there yeah yeah that's really, really nice and i think that makes you more present and in the moment and yeah even eating food as well it's like showing gratitude for the food because sometimes we're so disconnected from our food like how where this food comes from like you've got to think of the process like this food came from an organic market that stood for not using fertilizers and pesticides and all that sort of stuff and then came from that and then cooking it and then on your plate. Like it's just absolutely amazing. So showing gratitude for your food and where it came from. And I went to the farmer's markets the other day and I've started um, meeting the farmer that actually grows the food and I talked to him and his wife and he said, oh, you to come to our farm and pick your own fruit and veg and I was like man that's next level like <laughs> just coming there and being part of the experience you know where your food comes from you know in this day and age we're just like want everything quick we want everything yesterday and it caused so, so much stress and anxiety in us it's, if we just can take ourselves back to the simple things and actually see where our food comes from and reconnect with our food it's just amazing and I was reading this article about juice fasting and breaking your fast and like everybody has different theory of how to break your fast but um, Tyler Tolman reckons you know when you eat your first meal it's just like closing your eyes and actually having an experience with your food and that was just something that I've never thought of so actually yeah yeah, building a relationship with the food that you eat. My Hey, laptop's nearly like flat. That's why it's going slow, but the voice seems to be okay. The video is just a bit slow, lagging. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I think that's super valuable in building that connection with your food. That's why, why I ended up with 40 acres out in the country <laughs> because um, someone once said to me, you know, if you've been eating plants your whole life and you've never put a plant in the soil, then you've got some homework to do. And he said the same, you know, for people who um, eat meat, like if you eat meat and you've never hunted before, you've got some homework to do. And what he was alluding to was the fact that when you do those things, 
you build a relationship with it. Um, and this guy, he lived in such a beautiful way. It left me so inspired. And he left me with that message. And I thought, you know what? Um, I'm going to start building a relationship with my, with my food. So I started planting. And um, sure enough, like, it's so simple, but there's so much magic in it that you can't even put words to it. That's why you have to get in the garden to, to understand, understand your food. Um, and there's a beautiful book, Anastasia, that speaks about the connection with plants and how they actually under, uh, and like how to garden in even more of an intimate way where, like for example, when you're planting the seeds, you, you put them in your mouth and you connect it with your saliva because that's your DNA, right? And, and, then you pl- and then you plant it and then it's growing for you. Like that plant actually gets to know you and un- understand you from the point of seed. That's amazing. And what would you say if you're starting on this journey of health and getting into adaptogenic herbs and herbs in general and adding that to your diet, what would you say three, the top three herbs are that you can add to your diet right now that will really help you if you're running with your lifestyle to uh, help you? The top three adaptogens, um, I'd probably go chaga mushroom or chaga, depending on how people pronounce it, C-H-A-G-S, um, reishi, and I'd go hishu as well. Um, mm. Yeah, so those would be my three go-to, especially for, pe- for people living in you know, fast-paced lifestyle and that, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, those people need it the most because it is such high impact. And such a constant stress on the body. Yeah. Awesome. And what would you say, someone that's living like a bit disconnected from food and from their health and they really want to start cleaning up their diet and getting on this journey of health, what would you say the three top tips are to start doing that more consciously? Yeah, um, I'd say so. A few general general rules to work with is number one, go organic as a default as much as possible. Um, second, I'd go with a really valuable um, rule that I, that I actually share in my upcoming book is that if the shelf life of the food is more than a week or two, then it's probably no good for you, with the exception of honey and, and dried powders and herbs um, because if something is more dead than you are and you're bringing it in it's going to strip your life force to digest and eliminate out the back door so the idea is to be bringing more life in so eat things that, that are more alive than you are <laughs> like when you eat them you can actually feel the freshness and the life in them um, so that, that it can inspire you like that and then the third one would be around the water um, well, water and air, you know, we've spoken so much about food, but the reality is we can go for, for weeks without food, even months, but without air and water, well, without water, it's, it's only a week, a week or two, and without air, only minutes. So, you know, I, I like speaking to those who um, get really clean water if you can, um, ideally spring water if you can't, and get a really good filter that can clean your water up. And... Spend some time breathing deep every, every single day. Like give yourself five minutes. And like I've challenged so many people to do it for 60 days, just five minutes a day. 
of deep breathing. And there's few people that will actually commit to it and see it through. But the ones that do, they always come back and they go, wow, I didn't realize how much that could change my life. Yeah. Um, even just four breaths. Like, um, there's this technique that I teach. I call, call it the four winds. And you breathe in for four counts, you hold for four counts, you breathe out for four counts, and you hold for four counts. So, right? So in, hold, out, hold. Four counts at each step. And you do it four times. And with each breath, think about something different that you're grateful for in your life. And that's just a beautiful way to stay really centered and grounded and allow your body to experience a little bit more ease and also allow your mind to be reminded of the beautiful things that you have in your life because it's easy to get disconnected from that because we're always working and creating you know, a better future and it's nice to look back and see how far we've come and how much good we've done. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Anything else that you want to cover off today? Um, is there anything else that you feel would be valuable? Um, I was just going to say a last bit, like if people want to contact you, do one-on-one coaching, what have you got coming up in the works, your albums coming out, maybe some details around that? Yeah, cool. So see, if people want to reach out and get connected, um, they can jump on my website, meetmarco.com, M-E-E-T-M-A-R-K-O.com. And, they, or they can contact me via email, meetmarco at gmail.com. Um, and, yeah, as far as upcoming events, we've got, got a sound journey coming up on the 17th of June for anyone that's in Melbourne. And um, we're launching the album that we've been recording for the, for the last few months. We're launching that later in June as well. And that, that's all up on the website there. And heaps of cool resources there as well for people who are curious about this stuff. They can go check out the, the free resources section and tune in on some of that good stuff. Awesome. Cool stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time out to give value to my listeners. I really appreciate it. And I let a few nuggets of gold today that I'm going to implement. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. It was such a pleasure chatting with you and connecting in this way and um, thank you for the work that you're doing because it's cool that you're sharing this message with people and um, keep keeping people informed like that in a good way. So thank you. Awesome stuff. All right, I'll chat to you soon. Chat soon. Thanks for listening today. Hope you got great value out of today's episode. If you did, can you please give my podcast channel a rating and a comment? as this really supports my business and gives me great feedback. Sending you all love and light until next time. Thank you.